Welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ, tissue, and eye donation and transplantation. You can always find us at thegiftedlife.org. I'm Lori Steele. I'm Nyla Schwab. And I'm Joy Boudreau. <laughs> I was so hoping you'd do that. We miss you, Joe. Oh, we do, Joey. We look forward to having you back. Yeah, Joey's off doing important things. We'll pick his brain when mm-hmm. he returns. In the meantime, coming up on this episode, Can I Live with Joy Ever Again? A donor's wife joins us to explore this topic with us here on The Gifted Life. And Lori, I'm going to be talking about what is self-compassion. And it's something that I think most people are very compassionate to other people, but sometimes we forget to do it to ourselves. Ah, good thinking. All right, all that and more right here, guys. Hang on. Here on the Gifted Life podcast, excited to introduce you to one of our newest friends, Miss Patricia Cameron. Hey, ma'am. Hi. Thanks for coming here on the Gifted Life to share your story, to help us learn. Um, I was on Amazon, and um, you have a little something on there, don't you? Yes, I do. All right. Tell us about it. Well, I have a book called Grief Unwrapped, Discovering Joy in a Season of Sorrow. Yeah, I released it late last year. And um, I've also put together a study guide that goes along with it. <gasps> I did not know about that. I did find <laughs> it on Audible. So, yeah, study guide. Each chapter, there uh, there's a list of questions just for further thought and reflection. And so I have that in the book already. But the study guide just kind of summarizes the chapter and goes a little bit deeper in, in questions that people can um, think through and answer and have some time, you know, with those questions to you know, help them along with the grief process. So more questions than just the book. Is that right? Yes. Individual reflection. It could be used in a study group or a book study group, something like that as well. Mm. So let's tell uh, everyone what we're talking about. Grief Unwrapped. You can find it on Amazon. We'll also tell you about Patricia's site where you can go and learn more. Um, But this was a great tease. I thought, can I live with joy ever again. I think that's something that resonates with a lot of our families uh, that we deal with in the OPO, or organ procurement organization world. So Patricia lost her husband suddenly at 45, and it says that was her burning question. So that traumatic life experience, can you take us there and then tell us how this book to help others grew from that pain? You know, I had experienced loss before, but nothing prepared me for the ache in my heart as I said goodbye to my lifelong friend and husband. Um, But during that time, after he passed away, God put people in my life, um, scriptures in my path, and placed songs in my heart that spoke to me, encouraged me, and lifted me from a deep darkness that was my life for a time. Mm. It was a very lonely time. And some days, um, as most people know, it, it still is. But there was a point in time that God moved me forward in my journey. And um, that was a turning point, so to speak. So I walked and then listened to it. So it was really beautiful to be outside and just hearing your voice, um, which is now in my head. So I knew you immediately when I heard you say hello. Um <laughs> But, you know, like you were so honest about your, uh, I guess, 
your experiences. And I think that's so encouraging for anyone who is going through a loss because we don't know how to do it. It's so unique. And that's really what prompted, you know, over the years I wrote things in my journal and helped again through um, my grief. But there, there just was a seed was planted at some point. I actually re- attended a women's retreat with a local church. Um, not my church, but some friends of mine had were members there. So I went on this retreat. And what I learned there was that everyone has something or has had something devastating going on in their lives. And I know no one's exempt. But that seed began to grow. And uh, eventually God led me to use my story, my lessons learned, so to speak, to help others. I really want to help others who are walking the same road as I have walked. Um, and I finally felt a sense of purpose in doing that. And matter of fact, someone told me recently that she was glad God had given me a purpose for my pain. Mm. And I believe that is what he did. And you share that so beautifully. But it's almost like you have to back that up because, Patricia, you didn't have just one loss You've had an experience with losses. Is that right? Yes, that's right. My um, my, my nephew was murdered when he was six years old. Um, I had a daughter who died at birth. Her name was Ashlyn. Uh, she had a disease or a diagnosis of Potter syndrome, which meant that her organs did not develop. And she could live as long as she was inside of me and living off of my organs, but she could not live once she was born. And so that happened about six years into our marriage. Mm. Um, Later, my best friend died of breast cancer. Mm. And then um, my husband, of course, his collapse and death in 2015. So yeah, I had experienced loss before, but but, um, this experience with three young boys in our home (laughs) was a lot more than I'd ever thought I would be able to endure. Matter of fact, I, I remember thinking before Matthew passed away that if something ever happened to me, he'd be fine. But if something ever happened to me, to him, I just wouldn't be able to handle it. And um, truly, without, you know, the, the grace of God and friends he put in, in my in my life, I, I don't know how I would have survived it. Well, I love this part. You can move from survival mode to thrival mode. And just reading a little bit more in there because it really got my attention. It says this book, Grief Unwrapped, Discovering Joy in a Season of Sorrow, will show you how to laugh again, celebrate again, find the courage to step once again into true joy. I mean, you've walked the walk and now you're helping others. So uh, what have you heard from people who have read this book, maybe done the study guide? What are you most proud of? Well, I'm going to have to think about that one for a moment. I do want to share what the driving force behind me wanting to have joy in my life again. I did not I did not want to live a life where I was just surviving. I came to a point in my life where that was, I didn't want to be there anymore. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't tell you that without telling you a little bit about my husband. He was a man who worked hard. He played hard. He laughed often. He was firm in his beliefs. He was fiercely protective over his family, and he was constantly in motion. <laughs> he lived life to the fullest, and he lived a life with no regrets. Mm. Matter of fact, the, the scripture that the book is based on is John 10, 10, which says that Jesus came that we may have life and have it to the full. That's not an ordinary life, but a life, but a life full, mm-hmm. a life where there are no regrets. 
And so that's how he lives. And I've never really lived that way until this point in my life. I've, I've worried too much um, mm-hmm. and depended on other people more than I probably should have. But he lived that way and I knew he would want me to live that way too. So that's kind of mm-hmm. the thing that really, I guess, inspired me or helped me to, to move forward is to not get down and bogged down in the worries and struggles and the grief, because there is, of course, bitter grief and heartache um, after the loss of a loved one. But also there are people, there are loved ones I have here today in my life that I need to invest time in. Mm-hmm. So I live too a life, a full, a full life because I want my children to also see that and to, mm-hmm. to live that That's way. Beautiful. But as far as what people are saying, um, What's what's been interesting, I wrote the book to other widows, but I have had um, many people read the book who just have enjoyed it from just life, encouraging things for Mm -hmm. life in general, not because there's, there's all kinds of grief. There's grief of a job. There's, there's divorce. There's grief over the loss of a dream. And so there are other Things that I believe and I hope and pray that the book will encourage people in, in those ways as well. So I've had a lot of comments, um, not about not from someone who lost a loved one necessarily, but just who found nuggets of encouragement in it for other reasons. And I've also had a lot of very positive comments from men, which I did not expect. Mm, <laughs> I just yeah. expected women to be more, you know, um, drawn to it so I thought that's been been very interesting and so I'm I just hope that again it will be used to help others and I one of the things as I was writing the book I'm sorry I may be rambling a little bit Mm -hmm. I heard as I was um writing the book actually was on a plane and I met a lady who was a recent widow and she told me she had joined this uh, widow's Facebook group and I never did that I just I don't know I just kept trying to survive for a a long time but um she had joined this group and she said there were ladies in that group who had been widows for five years or more and they still couldn't get out of bed that they would go to work come back home and go straight to bed Mm. and I thought you know that is no way to live and uh, they are still they're still lost in their sorrow and I believe that God has more for us than that. And that's what the book is about, is how we can experience that. You know, when I was, well, I did laugh when you were explaining your husband. And and I laughed because you said something that he was always moving. And I remember you said in the book that even if he took a phone call, he would pace (laughs) while he talked on the phone. And that that just, I had such a great, well, I had such a great image of him in my head. So thank you for introducing us to him through your book. A question I had, and maybe I just haven't gotten to it, but did you always have that faith throughout your life, or is this something you developed through your grief process? Well, um, I have always, I say always, but for most of my life, I have had a strong faith, I would I would say. I learned early on that overcoming obstacles was just something you did, and I do talk about this in the book as well. Um, as a young girl, I watched my dad learn to thrive again after a debilitating accident that left him with two prosthetic legs. So he I, he was a picture of an overcomer to me, and he has seldom let anything stop him from doing what he wanted to do. Right. Uh, one time I convinced him to walk 50 steps up the state capitol on crutches just because 
I want to show him something. <laughs> um, and one day, I, for, for some reason, and not a very smart one, I talked him into getting onto a moving walkway at the Memphis airport. I'm not quite sure what I was thinking. But just getting on worked pretty pretty good. <laughs> the closer we got then, I thought, what am I going to do? How is he going to get off, you know? But um, so I learned a lot during th- those growing up years. And I went to church all my life. And so, um, and accepted Christ as my Savior as, a, you know, as a, um, a teenage girl. And so I have had a strong background of faith from my, particularly my mother. So, um and then, I, you know, early on in my life, I had a uh, went through a divorce um, that I had not planned nor wanted. And then, I, as you know, I mentioned the other other deaths that I have experienced in my life um, for people who are close to me. Hmm. So I guess each time, you know, you have to. I've, I've always drawn closer to the Lord as opposed to letting bitterness take over. And, and that's not easy because sometimes it's just the bitterness is the easier route. But um, but I have found that God has always been by my side. He's always helped me through every um, difficulty I've had in my life. And I'm grateful for that. Like you said, I hope that people, you know, take things away from this book that can help and that you had written with the intention of, I guess, working through your grief as a widow. But I took so many notes just on the first few chapters. <laughs> I, I just saw reinvent um, versus healing. I, I thought that that's what you're doing. I mean, you, you you had to take your losses, or it sounds like it, you're taking your losses and figuring out how do you move forward. And you never can move forward the same because you become a different person after a loss. We never stop missing them, but we can learn to move forward with hope, healing, and peace. And I think a lot of that comes through our memories. Early on with my boys, and I and don't get me wrong, I made a lot of mistakes on boys. I was so so new, did not know what to do. But um, I had a 13 year old who was closest to his dad, of course, and then I had a 10 year old and an eight year old, and um, it it was just hard. But one of the things I did early on was we always talked about Matthew. We shared stories. We never kept him out of the conversation. He was always part. I mean, we would talk about, you know, familiar places as we would go somewhere to a familiar place. We'd talk about him or we heard something that was a familiar phrase. We would talk about it. Just sometimes the smell of his cologne, taking a moment to remember, to reflect and to heal. I would tell them stories about him, of course, that they may or may not remember. And they would tell me stories of things he did too. And I don't believe he, I think they were making it up. But they told me one time that he, <laughs> And he um, let them drink a sip of beer. And I'm like, he did not do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> they told me he did. So I have no way to confirm it or deny it. <laughs> I love that story. I was, uh, as you and I were speaking, that was was on my heart um, were the boys. Um, I lost my mom when I was 17. So oh, wow. uh, very impactful. But I'm reading and it says that you embraced adventure and forced her sons on many ad- <laughs> adventures. <laughs> so talk about that. Yes. Well, I love traveling. I love going. My mother told me she should have named my middle name Go because that's always what I want to do. <laughs> and so I would drag them along. They were, sometimes we want to stay home, but we've we've done hiking trips and skiing trips and boating trips and you know just whatever I could come up with. And now they're older and it's sad because they don't, I don't have them all to go with me anymore. <laughs> but um, we, 
you know, one of the, one of the things I really want to do was that first Christmas, and this is in the book too, but that first Christmas that after he passed away, passed away in September, and um, we, I took them on a ski trip. They had never learned to ski yet. And so I decided we were going to go on an adventure, which we went to my sister's house in Oklahoma first after Christmas just to visit with the family. And while we were there, we got a notification that the weather was going to start to turn bad. We were driving to North Carolina, to um, New Mexico. And so it was starting to sleet in Oklahoma. But I said, you know what? We're going to go. And so we ended up outside of Amarillo in whiteout conditions and I could not see where I was going. It was, it was crazy, Ugh. but uh, we made it and um, the boys, you know, we had a good time. We have a good memory. Uh, yeah. I was going to say memory. And, make, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah had a, we have a memory. <laughs> uh, we have lots of those and um, I'm grateful for that because, you know, things, you know, will pass away, but those memories, we can hang on those to those forever. And mm. um, that's what I tried with my husband because he, he was just such a fun person to be around and such a loving um, person. And um, I want them to remember him that way too. Mm. Well, you know, Patricia, like I, I know a little bit more about your story that ties into donation in Louisiana just because you and I have spoken. Mm-hmm. And I know that we connected you to, to coming on this podcast because your book is beautiful. And, I, you know, Leah introduced you to, to me. But would you share any part of that story now with us? Of course, yes. Um, I... I remember the day Matthew told me he was going to sign up for to be an organ donor. And I remember him talking about, you know, he was a little nervous about it because he was afraid they might take his organs too quickly. Mm, <laughs> and yeah. um, the guy was not, and I'm sure y'all have heard that before. Mm, yes, ma'am. It's a myth that we fight. Yes. yes, I'm sure you do. And um, of course, that was not our experience um, with Lope at all. Uh, everybody was so kind and just, um, loving and and amazing toward us um but i you know I, I may have mentioned that matthew was um he loved to give gifts and he would, he was such a creative person and he always would come up with the you know the best the best gifts and i like to think his last act was an act of generosity um he his death which of course is our loss brought life and hope and um you know i can find joy in that mm. that warms my heart other people were helped because of his um, act of generosity that is beautiful and you know and i'm glad that you brought up that about you know his concerns to be a donor i and feel like i know him better yeah. now so thanks for for sharing that like seems like a pretty cool cool dude yeah and, and all three of my boys since they've gotten their license my last one is 16 now um, they've all, you know, become organ donors as well, and they're proud to do it and oh. want to honor him in that way, as well as do what's, you know, what's right and good. You know, your your book has so much to offer to so many people on so many different levels, mm-hmm. and I am listening to it every time I get in the car or I go for a walk, and I'll be recommending it, especially to widows. 
who are going through this journey and not sure, you know, how to do this because you you do have beautiful words of wisdom um, and then bringing your faith into it in your own journey. So I just appreciate you coming on and talking to us because I remember when we spoke, you said, oh, I get kind of nervous talking I think on a podcast. Didn't sound nervous to me, Patricia. Me either. It was just a conversation, right? (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? If you could give us three things to take away for your book, what would they be? Three things to take away, I would say, would be you can live a life, a full life through faith in Jesus Christ. You can experience joy even through trials and loss because of faith. And you can live in joy in spite of awful circumstances. Beautiful. Patricia Cameron writes, Patricia Cameron, W-R-I-T-E-S. Learn about her. Get to know her. Um, You can get the book there or on Amazon. It is called Grief Unwrapped, Discovering Joy in a Season of Sorrow. Patricia, thanks so much for coming on The Gifted Life. Thank you for having me. Here on the Gifted Life podcast, we're taking a moment for mental health. What is self-compassion? Tell us. It is something that that we are hearing more about, and it just it's there's research behind it, and we're finding that self-compassion does some really wonderful things for us. Mm-hmm. Um, self-compassion is just turning inward and being kind to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, I would say, hey, Lori, um, what would you say to a friend? that made a really, I don't know, that left their child at the dentist office, what would you tell them? Go get the kid. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Number one, we all make mistakes. Yeah. It happens. Learn from it. There you go. Okay, so if I'm the person who left a child at the dentist office, and maybe I did, maybe I didn't, I'm not saying, (laughs) but I would be very critical to myself and say, what were you thinking? I'm an awful mom. What mom does that? Probably no other moms do that. Uh But And there is a story behind that if I did it. But here's the thing. (laughs) We need Mm self-compassion because we all are human and we all make mistakes. Um, We all have weaknesses. We all have strengths. But sometimes we just need encouragement and we're the one who can do it because we're the only one that knows our thoughts. Mm -hmm. So self-compassion increases self-kindness. Um, it connects us to humanity, and it um, and it and it creates mindfulness. Mm-hmm. So it, it just really brings us back to let's slow down, let's be gentle with ourselves, let's encourage, let's be our best friend. friend. Yeah, and then it cut, also, us, cut ourselves some slack. Ah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it also they found that it decreases self judgment. Okay, and it also decreases isolation because we're seeing more and more of that. So if we just sit in our own head all the time and we're not being kind to ourselves, that's a lot of space to just spend with yourself. And if you're there doing that, you're probably not being kind to others. If you're like so into this, could be. Yeah. You're right. But a lot of times, people are really kind to other people, but they're not kind to themselves. Mm. And and as I talk to people, you, you it's interesting what they'll say. Like and and ask them how kind. Ask your children. Like, do you say nice things to yourself? Mm-hmm. And some of your kids might be like, yeah, but the other ones might be like, no, uh, not always, not always. And then um, it's it's easy to do. Like you, you can do it in private. You can you can step out of a room. You can go into the bathroom. You can just it's, it's self-talk, mm-hmm. but it's turning it inward. Yeah. And we need that because if like you said, 
I don't know, if we're not being kind to ourselves, then maybe we're going to take that from someone else. So mm-hmm. let's fill ourselves up with some love and self-care. And uh, it's it's always there. Like we're always with ourselves. So yeah. why not be kind to ourselves? Still early in the new year. Learn and move forward positively. I like that, Lori. All right. Do you have a topic you'd like us to cover here on The Gifted Life? Email us, info at thegiftedlife.org. On our question and answer segment, can I register in the National Registry if I'm already registered in Louisiana or another state? So great question. We're glad you're thinking about it. Oh, yeah. Lori, jump in because I don't want to leave anything out. But yes, yes. Register both. I mean, it's not going to hurt anything. If you're in Louisiana, you can go to DonateLifeLA.org or you can go to the National Registry, Register Me. Dot org. And, you know, I'll tell you, if, if someone were to die in the state of Louisiana, um, our OPO, our Oregon Procurement Agency, we would we would check the registry because it just helps us start that conversation with the family. We only get to have access to see if they are registered or not. Um, if they are from another state, we'll call that state um, OPO, Oregon Procurement Agency, um, to see if they have any information about the family that we could share. Mm-hmm. So we work together. But you can always go to that national registry because it, it crosses state lines and um it's just in they have lots and lots of great information about donation. Do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, just to, to clarify. So two separate registries. Yeah. And the state um, registry can be found by um, contacting your Donate Life state team. So you can check that out. Right. Like Nyla said, we, we told you Louisiana how to do that. Um, and both your state donor registry and the national Donate Life registry are checked by donation professionals at the time of your death. Um, but the most important thing to take away is to have those conversations and let your loved ones know your wishes. Yes. We're always pushing for conversations. Uh, some of our families say it was a 10-second conversation we had while we were at the DMV or we were watching mm-hmm. Grey's Anatomy and um, and they let me know their wishes. So conversations are so important. Um, you know, Google, it's, it's your friend. So check out those trusted sites. And um, yes, please register, move forward and make life happen. Maybe you have a, another question for us you'd like us to cover here on The Gifted Life. Give us a call. 504-648-3477. Every episode, we honor a hero. And this episode, we honor Caleb Easterling. And we learn about Caleb from his family. Caleb was killed by an impaired driver on July 13, 2023. He was 19 years old. He loved to fish, play volleyball, and he was a college baseball player. Caleb always had a smile for anyone who crossed his path and was a light in the life of anyone who knew him. Our world is a darker place without him in it. When he was getting his driver's license at 17, he asked me if I was an organ donor. I said, yes, I am. Do you want to do that? He said, what does it mean exactly? I explained how it worked and he said, yeah, I'm going to do that too. He saved numerous lives in the loss of his life. If there is any one thing that comes from this tragedy, it is that. I hope his recipients know what a gift they received, especially his heart. It's bigger than anyone else's I know. He is our hero and will forever be missed. We pause and say thank you to Caleb for the gift of life. And that 
is a wrap for episode 232 of The Gifted Life. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, you can register as an organ, eye, and tissue donor anytime. Registerme.org. Patricia, we just enjoyed learning from her, listening to her story, um, and her just sharing her experience. Oh, and that courage to share that, to write a book. Yeah. About our personal experience to help others. Yeah. One person making a difference. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Patricia, for being here on The Gifted Life. The best place to find us, guys, tell your friends at our website, thegiftedlife.org. Listen there and find links to listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star rating. It really helps others to find us. On social, you can like our page on Facebook, The Gifted Life Podcast, and follow us on Instagram, please, at Gifted Life Pod. Our ask is that you go out and do something you wouldn't normally do to help us make life happen. We're one big team. Until next time. This is a production of the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, or LOPA. The Gifted Life is hosted by Lori Steele, Joey Boudreau, and Nala Schwab. Our executive producer is Kirsten Hines. Producer is Shalon Carraway. And we are recorded, engineered, and mixed in our Covington, Louisiana studio by Troy Perez.